Here we go, my name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 532. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is... Uh, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. And we stole that from... Dr. Dan Siegel. Dr. But Dan he Siegel. has led us now. We've told him, and he said it's fine. Yes. He says it's okay. So I, I, always, I always like... We were stealing before, and now we're just borrowing. Now he knows, with a, permission. A few events before we get into the gist of today's podcast. Tomorrow's a big day for us, sweetie. Yes. You're going to be talking um, in Bloomingdale. Yeah. Self-awareness, self-compassion, self-care, community, consolidated school district. I've been trying to figure out how to talk about all three of those things in an hour. Yeah. You're going to get. You're going to have 22 slides, and you're going to get through three of Two. them. Two. I know. I know. Um, please come anyway. It's going to be good. There's a virtual tribe meeting tonight, and there's a uh, Fast Times pop culture. Uh, yeah, Fast Times. Because we just did Cocktail. Yeah. Right? And just for those of us who don't remember the movie Cocktail. Why are you But we already did Cocktail. I know, but just listen to the song. Okay. And what do we know about this song? That they play it like 80 times. In very different ways throughout the movie. Not in different ways. It's their love theme. Yes. It's their love theme. So every time they're on screen together, it plays. Sweetie, did Brian and Jordan really make it? I don't think so. Yes, they did. you did. guys see Cocktail? Do you remember Tom Cruise? I, I mean, I saw it. I don't have a single memory. Wasn't Kokomo from Cocktail? Yes. yes. That's, that's, all, my, that's, that's the that's only my song in my head. memory of Kokomo. Cocktail. And, and spinning, spinning the uh, bottles and yeah, stuff. They call I it Tom like Flair Bartending. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah. It's called Flair Bartending, John Duffy. Come on. <laughs> well, of course it's called Flair. Oh, right. I'm just trying not to make the kids feel like they're left out. <laughs> I right. know. Gen Xers know what it's all about. So the two voices that you just didn't recognize, or maybe it did, is Heidi Stevens, Chicago Tribune columnist. Mm-hmm. And uh, where's my applause? Hold on. There we go. So before you move I'm on to, to the yes. next person, I think Heidi's columns are our most shared columns on our page. Would I would agree say? with that. I yes. would absolutely agree with that. I probably thank do you. it every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The middle school one this week. I mean, there were so many this week. Where would we begin? And hopefully we'll talk about some of them. But even the middle school one, because I have a middle schooler right now, and that's 100% accurate. Yeah, the lunch thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm a little nervous, so that tells me that we have somebody special in the oh, studio today. I'm, ner- I'm not nervous around you, John. No, I notice. <laughs> I'm nervous around Heidi. And when I was getting ready this morning, I wanted to, I thought, like, famous... Heidi Stevens, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of this clip from the Three Amigos oh, from boy. like 1980, whatever. Okay, I have never been Amigos, compared. To- Hollywood, California. You are very great. One hundred thousand pesos to come to Santa Poco, put on show. Stop. The infamous El Guapo. What does that mean? Infamous. Oh. <laughs> infamous is is when you're more than famous. This man, El Guapo, is not just famous. He's infamous. Heidi Stevens is not just famous. She's infamous. She's infamous. Yes. Now, we have three, maybe four smart people around this table. What is the difference between famous and infamous? And don't we say infamous? Well, not. I say it the way Martin Short says it, sweetie. Infamous. Infamous. <laughs> what is the difference? Anybody know? Well, is this, first of all, I want to go back a second and say sure. you said three, maybe four smart people. Well, I, <laughs> I know my wife is smart. Right. And I know Heidi is smart. And you are like a closet, brilliant guy. I judge. I think you're just, 
I know you're warm and you're emotionally intelligent and you're just a sweet man, but I think you're like whip smart and you play it down. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. Right? I do too. Yeah. So I was actually yeah. playing myself. Yeah. <laughs> how about we say it this way? How about he's whip smart and genius, but he knows how to talk to people? Yeah. Yes. Because sometimes people are too in their head yes. when they're like that. Yep. So, Emotional IQ and actual IQ. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. He's got the boat. He's yeah. Okay, okay. Now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about famous and infamous. Yes. <laughs> I don't know you guys well enough to know if I'm being punked, but like it's it's infamous yes. and it means notorious, right? Like famous so for is a notorious bad, thing. bad? I think so. Yes. More like, yeah, you you're you're famous but for a not very noble. So reasons. Heidi Stevens is famous, but she's not infamous. Correct. It depends who you ask. I mean, there's a lot of people who would Oh yeah. You know, who hate you me. got a lot of would, haters yeah, out there. Yeah, th they would say infamous. Maybe we can talk about that, about your haters. Sure. Um, and some people um, do go from famous to infamous. I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. yeah. Char Charlie Sheen, right? Or uh, yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Yes. Yes, oh, right? Way yes. better example. Okay. Oh, yes. The definition, because I wish we had a way to just look something up really quickly, and we all do. Well known for some bad quality or deed. That is not Heidi Stevens, Todd. I wish Martin Short would have said that, because I've been going through the last 30 years of my life thinking infamous was just an exaggerated word for famous. Maybe. Like invaluable. Yeah. Is, right. You can't put a price on it because it's so valuable. That's exactly how I feel about Heidi Stevens, right? Okay. Can't put a Infamous, price. like In super famous. famous. <laughs> Can I live here? Uh, you guys have an extra bedroom? I'm just honored that you're here in my basement. I'm just so glad <laughs> in my basement studio. So thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, you didn't introduce Duffy. John Duffy, he's been on a bunch, blah, blah, blah. Well, not anxiety. on a bunch. He's anxiety. <laughs> he's been on the most out of anybody. We've been By doing far, this 10 years. I think you're like two or three ahead of whoever we've had on two or Annie three Annie Burnside, times. I yeah. think, has been on a few yeah. times. And then John has been on like, this might be five. Yes. I'm going to be texting Annie as soon as we're done. <laughs> Wait, I know Annie. Yeah, you know Annie, sure. Friends with Annie. Absolutely. Okay. The world is small when it yes. comes to this kind of kindness. Yeah. Honestly, it really I is. You know, that. I'm sure you know Annie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's a very good friend, special friend of It's kind of like he's Aww. Steve Martin and Annie is um, Alec Baldwin as far as hosting SNL. A little bit, and they get a jacket. We should give people jackets like yes. they do on SNL. Oh, right. The yes. Five Timers yes. Club. Yes. Five I like timers that. Club. Yeah. We got to get them a Five Timers Zen Parenting mug. We or could something give them like. a blanket. We have leftover blankets. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Okay. Um, okay. So I um, was brushing my teeth this morning. Good. And it, <laughs> is that a shot? That it sounded like a shot. A little bit of a shot. Yeah, it was a shot. He, when, before you guys came, he was wearing his rainbow sweatshirt and his plaid pants, and he hadn't showered in three days. And I said, are you going to do this yeah. today? Because I'm like, you can. What did I say? I said, it's your life. First of all, it was only, so I showered Wednesday morning. Right. That was a long time I missed ago. Thursday. Right. And today's Friday. Right. So it was one day okay. I missed. Not Let's bad. be honest. Okay. Anyway, you're brushing your teeth. And it sounded like my wife, Kathy Adams, stepped on a Lego or a thumbtack. Oh. She's oh, like, yeah. oh, my God, I cannot believe it. And I thought she was in physical pain. Right. Turns out you were not in physical pain. No. You were in emotional pain. I was in emotional pain. Tell me why or tell us why. I don't know. Did you guys listen to The Daily this morning? No. No. Okay. So The Daily this morning, the title of it was the, I think it was the women who are defending Harvey Weinstein. So he has a female lawyer named Donna. So I want to give her credit, Donna something. I can't remember. Donna Rattuno. Rattuno. She's from Chicago. Is she really? Yeah. So Heidi, you interviewed Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor, right? 
No, I didn't. I read their book and I went to their oh, humanities to festival event, but Got I did it. not interview them. Okay. So they had, so they wrote, she said, um, which was the book about the, you know, breaking the story about Harvey Weinstein. They wrote that book and then Ronan Farrow wrote his column and book. Um, but Megan Toohey interviewed her. Yeah. So it was super interesting, this interview this morning. And she, it, it was hard to listen to. I kept saying to Todd, I was chewing the side of my mouth the whole time because it's hard to listen to. I wanted to hear her side. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like I read Megan's book and Ronan's book. I want to hear Donna's side. But then it ended, I and I was doing okay, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm listening, I'm listening. But then can you play the last part? Here we go. Are there any question? Any other questions, guys? I know that was that was a long one. That's all right. Oh, and I, I actually I had another question, which was whether or not you've been sexually assaulted. I have not. Okay, I have not. Because I would never put myself in that position. Oh, that's where so I you're screamed. saying. You, okay, actually, I'm sorry. So, so you're saying that you, you're saying that you have never been sexually assaulted because you would never put yourself in the position of being sexually assaulted. No, I, I've always made choices from college age on where I, I never drank too much. I never went home with someone that I didn't know. I never. I just never put myself in any vulnerable circumstance. So pause Ever. it for a second. Do you believe that? Pausing because. Megan continues to ask questions like, because they were done with the interview. I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys could tell, but then she was like rounding up and she's like, wait a second, just for the record, have you ever been assaulted? No. And then just in that second, she says, because I would never put myself in that position. So what do you think? <laughs> oh my God. The first, my heart just goes immediately to children who are sexually assaulted at home, which happens with great frequency. Um, and I'm thinking, what choices did they make other than be born to the people they were born to or their parent dates someone who they bring into the house that the child has no say over that? Whew, that one's going to take me a second to get over. Um, yeah, that the, uh, the people who are sexually assaulted within their own marriages That's, people who are yeah. sexually assaulted by wrestling coaches and swim coaches and I, I mean it's not it just it doesn't just happen when the person has had too much to drink and if it does happen when the person's had too much to drink that's certainly not I I can't have that equated to somehow being their fault uh, that I mean that's it was stunning, that's, wasn't it? That's like yeah. physically painful to yeah. listen to. It is. I get why you. I get why you cringe because I'm thinking. I, I was thinking what you were thinking, but I, taking it even further, I'm thinking like, sure. What about um, a woman who is wearing a short dress and thinks she looks fabulous at a nightclub? Right? Um, is is that putting yourself in a position to be sexually assaulted? Right? I think you she know? would. She she would have said, said yes. yes. She, she would have said yes. yes right? It's, it sounds like it. I don't want to mm -hmm. speculate, but I, I mean, I'm thinking of. Oh my god, I'm thinking of so many survivors I've interviewed and, and just the, the circumstances and having them framed as, you know, putting yourself in a position or making a choice that would lead to that sort of violence and trauma is just stunning to mm. me. The idea that a woman sets the stage for that somehow, mm. that that's what I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around, right? You know, in other words, like, you know, yeah, you, you kind of laid the groundwork. So you, you, you can't really expect a different outcome than that, you know, or you have to at least allow that that's a possible thing to happen because you've, you've allowed for it, right? You've opened the door to it. I well, feel like it speaks to a larger 
maybe way of going through the world too, which is that everything happens for a reason or things um, generally happen the way they're supposed to, which I think people can sometimes adopt if they haven't had just really a lot of trauma in their lives, or maybe they have, and that's their way of trying to heal from the trauma. But, but this idea that sort of like, well, I haven't been assaulted, so it's probably because I've done everything right. Um, you know, I haven't, my house wasn't broken into, so I clearly bought the right system to keep my house from being broken into. And I've never been in a car accident, so I'm clearly a fantastic driver. And it just sort of like mm. taking credit for what in a lot of cases is just really, really good luck. Mm. Right. Right. You just happen to be born into a safe home and you just happen to, you know, not cross paths with a monster and mm. you just happen to, I mean, these aren't things you can necessarily take credit credit for. for well and i think that's what we do is we story tell our lives like we tell a story about it like a conversation that Todd and i used to have all the time is he talked about how when he was a kid he got thrown into the pool like if not literally basically just go do it and learn how to swim and and his story was if that hadn't been done to me I wouldn't have learned how to swim. Or once I did, and I realized how fun the deep end of the pool was, I'm so glad that my dad made me jump off the diving board or something like that. My experience was I was, you know, given lessons, given choices. I did it gradually. I ended up loving swimming, trusting myself, trusting the whole process, and no one was throwing me in. And so we both have a story about this is, you know, and obviously I kind of think the gentler way is the way to get someone to love something. But it's interesting how, like you said, Heidi, when we've had an experience, we storytell it and we say, this is the way everybody should do it. Cause I had yeah. this outcome and I struggle with this with parents all the time because they have a childhood experience, like being thrown in the pool and they keep repeating that because of their outcome, but there are no guarantees around. You could keep yourself sober the rest of your life and carry a mace the rest of your life. And that doesn't mean that you won't, Run into a situation. And I think what this right. woman would say is, yes, but you're, you are, at least from a percentage standpoint, less likely to do it because you're not, I don't agree with her, but this is what she'd be saying in my judgment if she was on this podcast. She'd be like, yeah, but can't you just keep yourself more safe by not getting drunk and by not wearing those clothes? And the data might bear that mm -hmm. thinking out. I mean, mm -hmm. she, yeah, she could be. Well, and it also might be something she would say. In a high school health class or in a gymnasium sure. too, and I'll tell you what I'm thinking: like, why am I so alarmed at that? Because mm -hmm. I'm having the same reaction mm -hmm. you did. And what would make it different? And I realize I this would feel different to me if it were a guy. Mm -hmm. If it were a guy saying that, and I'm curious to hear what you think, Todd. So, like, we've got two men and two women in the room. I'm thinking like. Okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that surprised. No, to much hear less a guy say, you know, like we you know, have, you know, like the, if you're setting the stage, then you know, then what do you expect? At least a little bit from some mm -hmm. segment of uh, of men. It is really alarming to me to hear a woman saying this in almost kind of a. It's a little more alarming that it's the end of the interview, that I this know. is off the cuff and this is kind of like easy, right? Mm -hmm. This is like, you know, I give it. almost like we both understand this. This doesn't merit a whole lot of discussion, right? This is we both you get you get what I'm saying. Well, I think she's also speaking as Harvey Weinstein's defense attorney, right? And so she is spinning a tale that women aren't assaulted unless they put themselves in a position to be assaulted. 
And so what does that tell you about why Rose McGowan was in Harvey Weinstein's hotel room to begin with? So, I mean, I think she's she hasn't she's not off her billable hours in that moment. Right. right? I mean, maybe she is billable hours wise, but certainly mentally she's not. I mean, she's still there in that interview being interviewed by, a you know, Pulitzer Prize winning reporter who broke the Harvey Weinstein. I mean, Megan Toohey is the reason. Harvey Weinstein's in court right now. She's a hundred percent. The reason Harvey Weinstein's in court right now, she's interviewing Harvey Weinstein's defense attorney. She's gonna say things that call, you know, women into question, assault victims, credibility into question. So she is, I mean, you know, that's not an objective unbiased telling of the role of sexual assault in our culture. And within the interview, she Donna, the uh, lawyer, says a few times, I understand you have a different agenda. I understand right. you have a different agenda. Right. Where Megan comes back and says, I have to correct you. It's actually, I would recommend everybody listens to it, obviously, so they understand everything we're discussing here and you get the full picture. But because of the way the women speak to each other, it's very respectful and they hear each other and consider it. And but also with a sense of strength on both sides, meaning that Megan does not allow her to just lay something out like you have an agenda where Megan's like, wait a second, I'm a journalist. I went into it to get the information. I did get every side of the story. And this was the truth. This isn't opinion. Mm-hmm. This this issue with opinion, we're, we're going to I don't know how long we're going to be struggling with understanding opinion versus fact. I, I feel the need to play another 30 seconds. OK. All right. Every woman who's been sexually assaulted somehow put herself in that position, whether it was having drinks or agreeing to go to a hotel room. Absolutely not. But just as we make smart decisions when we walk out on the street at night, I think you have to make the same decisions when you're putting yourself in circumstances with other people. When we walk out at night, we look around, we make sure we have our phone. Some people take mace. We take precautions. And all I'm saying is, is that women should take precautions. Do you think it's possible for women to take all of those precautions and still be sexually assaulted, to still be pulled into a dark alley, to still be... Totally different conversation. To to still... Totally. totally. Being pulled into a dark alley is a totally different conversation. So you are talking about sexual assault, women being sexually assaulted by somebody they know? Correct. Do you think it's possible for women to be sexually assaulted by somebody that they know... Even if they've taken precautions? Sure. Anything's possible, Megan. It's, it's not about what's possible. It's about trying to, again, minimize the risk. So forget about the dark alley. The bottom line is, and in this case and most other cases, there's a man that's doing something without consent. And this woman and many others just judge, like, the responsibility like, how is there any ambiguity of who's responsible for these acts? Like, we just did a thing on Taylor Swift this last week and how they had a picture of this guy putting his hand up her skirt. Right. They and had seven witnesses. People witnessed it, yeah. And yet she still had to defend herself in court. He still sued her for He like sued her for that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. And it's just hard for me not to. But as much as we can have this conversation about this, you understand this is what we're watching every day. Mm. Like, this is the this is the water we swim in. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you know, being. And again, you know, a question that I have for you guys. We brought this up on the, the Taylor Swift episode, actually. We were talking also about J-Lo and Shakira and about the, you know, believe women. Okay. I have a pin in my room that says, believe women. I'm a women's advocate. That's who I work with. That's my job. But I have been in my writing trying to figure out a way 
to say that, and what I've been coming up with is listen to women, listen to the full story of a woman's life, take into consideration, have empathy and that you put yourself in her shoes, see every aspect and understand the world we live in. So it's like, do you guys have any like language that you use? Because I understand why people don't like believe women, just that they think because on the rare occasions where a woman's making it up, they're saying that... And people can take it too far where they're like, every time and you don't question, it's like, okay, I even heard Margaret Atwood say, well, we can't do that. Like, that's kind of where I was like, oh, maybe I should come up with new language. I agree. I agree with Margaret Atwood. I agree with anyone who said... I mean, I think especially if, if we're going to look a little bit farther back than the last few years, or even the last few decades, look at Emmett Till, look at... I mean, there's a really yeah. brutal history yeah. in this country of people's lives being wrecked or or taken from them because of an untruth that a woman told right that's not that's just, right it doesn't never happen mm-hmm. um and there's a reason that our justice system is built the way it is and that you're innocent until proven guilty and that should absolutely be the case i think that what's hard for people to get their heads around it, it's a lot easier to believe that one woman lied than to believe that we have propped up a system in this country that lets men, mostly men, um, prey on victims um, in families and schools and workplaces uh, in team sports. I think I think that is such a more daunting, complicated, difficult to fix problem that would really take like all hands on deck and it's so much easier to just go like well I don't maybe we're just lying mm-hmm. um maybe that's not a huge problem that we got to like wrap our heads around it's you know, there's a chance she's lying um mm-hmm. and i think that to to talk yourself out of having that reflex maybe she's lying is so 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 important yeah and i think there's a lot of people who aren't even trying to talk themselves out of that yeah. reflex yet that's that's um, their modus operandi. That's mm-hmm. like what they believe right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know about changing the language. I mean, I think believe women is a, is good. I, I think believe survivors is good language because mm-hmm. this isn't all women. Yeah, you know, good there's point. boys and, and men, men yeah. and mm-hmm. who are survivors of assault. Um, so I like believe survivors, but I don't know if that says the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I do like reminding myself, especially you know, not to leave. Uh, boys and men out of this conversation because certainly many, many, many are walking around mm-hmm. having survived. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. So from a, a therapist's point of view, let me, I'll, I'll just throw this out. Having, having worked with a lot of women who, um, who I believe who have been sexually assaulted. I mean, a lot, like, Same. you know, and, and yeah. no, right. Majority. And, and no, majority, majority. majority. Yeah. Um, sure majority. In fact, not many I can think of offhand Same. who haven't reported that. Um, and you, you know, you, you, you have this instinct for truth in a way after mm-hmm. you, you gain that after yep. doing that job for a while. And, um, and, I, and I've heard so many women say, um, ask me like, do you, believe me like you know like literally hope uh, hoping i will you know what i mean not assuming i will um even though everything else they've said every other element of their history is presumed this element it's like mm, this guy might not believe me you know um and in in a way that's super heartbreaking to me so you know like i the default of believe victims let's let's take you know women and men out of it um because i've worked with a fair number now of 
male victims mm-hmm. of sexual assault. And I, I think I think you almost have to start there, right? You know what I mean? Like I don't know a different way to do this mm-hmm. than to start there because I I've yet to run into something where it was shown to me mm, this was a manufactured right. situation. You know what I mean? Like I've had people lie in my office. Not about that. You know yes. what I mean? Like, um, and shade the truth until they were comfortable sharing the entire truth. And that's happened in the area of sexual assault too, where it's like, you know, um, actually that was, this happened recently. Actually, that was, um, I haven't told you the whole story on that, but usually the whole story isn't, it didn't happen. It was, it went further than I told you. Right. You know I told I mean? you as much as I could tell you exactly. at that moment. Exactly. Yeah. Because I haven't fully... Uh, taken in what has occurred, what happened to me, because if I speak that trauma, then that really happened, because that's another storytelling women do. Usually it's when I've been talking to women for a while, same thing, they'll tell a story like, oh, this happened and this occurred, but there's a self-blaming, or I put myself in that situation, and then once they start to talk about it, the um, the feeling, the trauma of it comes out, and then they t- it's not that they tell the story in a different way. We did a whole show about trauma and how our brain takes in, you know, how it categorizes trauma and puts trauma in different places where we remember a feeling, a smell, and a moment, but we have no idea how we got there. I actually have a really interesting example of that that I just read on USA Today yesterday, and maybe you heard this. Elizabeth Smart, did you hear about that? Yeah. Talk about a woman that you would think like, oh, she knows all the signs and she knows what to do if this were to ever happen again, but yet her brain... So it's a compartmentalizing. It's a disassociation. So what happened was she was sleeping on an airplane, whatever, in the last week or something like that. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe it was further back. I don't know. I think it was a little further back, but still. I and mean, she woke up, and the man next to her was touching her in her private parts, I believe, or had his hand on her legs or yeah, something. Legs is what I something yeah. really inappropriate. And I guess to your point, Kathy, like. The brain is such an interesting thing. And us guys are like, oh, just stand up and fight back and yell, say no. And this is yet another example how the brain is going to do whatever, however it needs to cope in this situation. Because Elizabeth Smart didn't say anything, didn't do anything and realized after the dust settled, like, oh, my God, I was assaulted. And then she went to Delta Airlines saying this happened to me. So I guess I'm just kind of exemplifying your point. Yeah. Well, and it takes the brain a while to process what is occurring too. And then when you add in the the language that we get from society that you put yourself in that position or or you should have stood up in that moment or no one will believe me or what's the point, you start to kind of rationalize it to yourself that you'll be okay, that this is what happens to, to women and that I'm not... There is the, the amount of stories like that, like... You know, and there are people who would say, well, that's not assault. Mm-hmm. Do you know, right. like, that's mm-hmm. the other thing, yeah. too, is to di- what Can we have language definitions of what this right. all means. Exactly. It's messy. And and I, I've worked with, with a lot of people who have minimized what's happened to them. Same. And I think there's something um, egocentric. Yes. Uh, in other words, that, that, that feels um, like I can live with it. Exactly. If I, you know, if I, if I can presume somehow this was a misunderstanding mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, that, that I can live with that better than being a victim or survivor. Yes. And mm-hmm. having to work through it all in that regard. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this is the smarty farty thing I'm talking about. Egocentonic. <laughs> I like that word. I don't, I, 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 heard of that I, word. I don't know another way to put it, but it's one of my favorite little psych phrases because yeah. it, it kind of says, you know, this um, jives with the way I want to think about this situation. Yes. You know? yes. And yeah. then I perceive myself is that I don't want to shift that um, 
you know, that narrative about who I am. Yeah, you don't want to look at it in the way that without any um, lens. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways. I don't know what women gain from making these stories up. I mean, that's always my question when people have the reflex of I don't believe her or, well, she might be lying. I think... Why? Mm. Why? Why would someone lie about that? What do you What do you think she gains from suddenly being known for being sexually assaulted? Um, I, I I just I can't. I, it, you're not paying attention to what happens to women over and over and over when they come forward with these stories. You're not paying attention if you think that people make this stuff up for some sort of notoriety, notoriety, money to get revenge. I I don't know. It's like their lives. I mean, uh, almost to a, to a one are, Mm. are wrecked. Certainly never the same and not for the better. And the way I navigate that, because Kathy and I talk about this all the time to groups of parents or you and I did the thing when Downers Grove and you hear that where guys are like, you know, what about Duke lacrosse and all that? And I got this from Mike Domish. And he said, fine, we can talk about Duke lacrosse anywhere between 2 and 8% of the time that we are spending here together because that's approximately the amount of false accusations there are. Yeah. And then let's spend the other 92% of our time exploring that this is a reality and it actually happens mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, a bit of a whataboutism kind of yeah. thing. And uh, that uh, <clears throat> in that interview, Heidi, they actually address that because the belief system is or people who are saying that women come forward for a certain kind of fame or that they get notoriety for being a victim and that they live in that victimhood and get attention because of it. Donna speaks to this. Mm-hmm. And, then, and I've heard that, you know, a million times too. And even that, then when someone comes forward, they're worried about people are thinking that I'm coming forward for the wrong reasons. Like I don't, it's, it's like, I don't think messy is even the right word. It's so, um, there's so many things that are already put in place in our society of the way we view things that it's such a um, going against people's, you know, it's like we're pushing against the wind a little bit. It's such an right. uphill battle. Yeah, this is such a understood. tricky conversation. I it feel is. like we have talked about this on our podcast a number of times. Yes. I know you guys have talked about yes. it on yours. And it does feel, it, it gets frustrating, right? It does. It's because In my you own feel mind. Like, yes, right. Because um, I, I'm thinking of times where um, people have been where, where I've worked in situations where people have been dishonest um, for a reason. It has never been about being sexually assaulted. I, I've never worked with anybody who wanted to gain fame in that way, right? I want to be known for this. I've worked with people who have, who have um, for histrionic reasons, wanted to draw attention to themselves, right? Um, I, I think we're missing some massive psychological boat if we think like this is what people would do to draw attention to themselves, even if they were leaning that way, even if their personality would suggest that that's something they do. Yeah. This doesn't seem like a method that mm-hmm. most of us would use. You like know? what social capital do you get right. from being known as the victim of a sexual assault? Mm-hmm. I know. When you think about Elizabeth Smart and it's like, okay, you're already kind of like you're you're well known for this and now it's happened again. You know what I mean? Like, and, and um, I can imagine the, the gyrations she has to go through internally thinking like, if I come out with this, 
does it does this look like I'm kind of like oh I've fallen off the radar yeah. I want back in kind right. of thing I have you a know book to sell. right right, yeah. right. A, or perceived as an overreaction because of you know a post traumatic stress right, situation right. and exactly and th- that's what I mean about I, I need better language it's like we're going against the current sometimes because as soon as you want to speak some kind of truth what happens in our minds is how will this truth be perceived and right. what will people think about me and right. what has happened in my history that will make people think see she's doing it again it's a very complicated um we don't have the right you know we don't have the right words yet well and i kind of want to segue but first you talked about your podcast I, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show the main reason i wanted to have heidi and john on yes. here is because they have a podcast called on purpose and it's probably one of my top three favorite podcasts and i have a bunch of favorites but if you're listening and you like hearing todd and kathy just have this banter heidi and john do the same thing in as good of a way if not better than we do so pause your phone right now and subscribe (laughs) to on purpose because i really think that our listeners would really enjoy it absolutely certain thank you yes um so I, i need you guys to help me out a little bit and i don't know if this is all gonna make sense State of the Union was on Tuesday night. We don't talk about politics very much on this show, and I certainly don't want to talk we, about it tonight. We do, but in not in the blatant way. We don't use yes. people's names. And not because I'm afraid to, but because of I don't it's want to. It's fair to say there's, there's <laughs> four people it. at this table that identify on the left-hand side of the aisle. Fair to say? Okay. Yep, so I had a college buddy who posted something on his Facebook page saying that was one of the most amazing speeches of all time. And he's talking about Donald Trump's yeah. State of the Union. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I'm like, he's so freaking stupid. I'm talking about my friend, and I'm talking about <laughs> our president. And then I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. Like, I didn't want to. I don't. I don't want to respond to the Facebook post. And I have a judgment of the the the, the Facebook threads that we've all seen. And Heidi, you deal with this all the time because you have, you know, there's people that disagree with you. There's haters. There's trolls and all that. And I think my question is. When to speak up, when not to speak up, when is it productive to speak up, when it is not productive to speak up, because I am also thinking that quote, like, for in order for evil to prevail, we need good people to yeah. do nothing. Right. But I just think that the Facebook banter is a silly exercise of energy. And I just want to know if you guys have any thoughts of that, because I feel like I'm weak, but I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything to my body. Like, what good is going to come out of that? Yeah, probably not much. Um, I think that I, I have a maybe a little bit different role on Facebook because I so much of my job happens on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. It's where I share my columns. It's where a lot of people come to my columns through Facebook more so f- for me specifically, more so than ChicagoTribune.com. Um, so I feel like when I'm deciding whether to wade in and what to say when I wade in, I'm doing that very much as a journalist and a you know representative of the Chicago of the Chicago Tribune but I engage um I guess optimistically and I'll tell you why I I think that what I try to do with with this platform and these columns is cover anything that would find a place in your heart or your brain, right? So sometimes mm-hmm. that's politics, sometimes that's parenting, sometimes that's marriage, sometimes that's race, sometimes that's body image. Um, and my hope is that, like, you'll sometimes not agree with me, but then other times fi- find yourself 
touched or moved by something that I was touched or moved by. And then maybe that makes a tiny little uh, spark go off or, or connection made like, whoa, I totally disagree with her about Nancy Pelosi. Um, but I feel like she and I have the same reaction to that little boy um, with cancer. And so maybe she's kind of human, even though I hate what she said about Nancy Pelosi. Maybe other people are kind of human, even when I hate what they say about Nancy Pelosi. Maybe we're all human, even when we don't agree on everything. Like, these are the connections I hope are happening. And that's maybe illogical and egocentric or whatever the other ego word was of me. <laughs> maybe it's impossible in this climate. Maybe it was never possible. But my hope is like, I, I, I take the high road on Facebook and I engage even when I think there's probably no point. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think like, well, a, it's my job and B I get to decide what I want this job to be and what I want this job to accomplish. And, and one of my main, 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 main things is the hope that people will walk away thinking like, yeah, I, she really missed the boat on that Super Bowl one. Like I could not disagree more. Um, but man, I kind of liked that column she wrote about the kids from Evergreen Park who left the scarves along Michigan Avenue. So like, yeah, she's beautiful. probably not a monster. Um, like she, pro you know, she, she lifts up people's voices who, sometimes I want lifted up and then other times voices that I wish she would, you know, condemn or ignore. Um, but I think, I hope that like just that much of a setup is a little reminder that like, okay, that, you know, we can recognize people's humanity mm -hmm. and, and goodness and complicated layered natures, even when they say certain things that we hate or disagree with well, right? it reminds me of uh that ted talk that that woman who grew up in that religious cult um she, westboro westboro baptist, baptist church, church. Mm -hmm. and she, she was she had year. this ideology of hatred towards all these different types of groups and she was born into it right right like this is it's mind-blowing to and, me and and she came out of it yeah. through a conversation on twitter, on twitter. Mm. and then i'm like well maybe i a two-year-long conversation right with a rabbi because Correct. You well, know, they said Jews were bad or whatever it was. And this rabbi just started loving and accepting her viewpoint. And they engaged in this. Didn't accept her right, viewpoint. That's probably bad language. What he did is he said, I hear you. Yeah. Tell me more. And he yeah. asked questions. And then he said, can I ask you some questions? Yeah. And what it did is it shook. And this is kind of like what we were talking about before, about assault, about how you were saying that people would rather say someone's lying than look at the whole structure. Yeah. Is when someone asks you a question and you're like, ooh, I see your point, it shakes the entire yep. system that you've been holding up inside yep. of yourself. Because yep. as soon as you question one thing, all these chips are going to fall. Mm -hmm. You know, all the bricks start coming down. And she allowed that to happen. And she left her whole family. And these aren't things that we can ask of all people. We don't want anyone to leave their family. It's But she had to say this, what you're saying is correct. And if that's correct, then this is correct. And this, it just right. opened it up. Right. Heidi, I want to say before I forget, this is so crazy that you're saying this story and probably because it's so repetitive. But today on Facebook, this exact same conversation was under your and maybe it was something that you posted yesterday. But there was someone who said, I'm leaving mm -hmm. this group. I'm leaving the page. And then there was someone underneath it that said, I agree with you about this one. I don't agree with her, meaning I don't agree with Heidi. But there's so much there's so many times I do agree with her. That's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this thing that you're saying is ex and then a bunch of other people jumped in and says, don't leave us. Mm -hmm. 
you know, we need a lot of opinions here. So mm. what you're doing is exactly that. I mean, that's exactly what's happening. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. noticing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and just to linger on your column, Heidi, for a minute, um, I love the litmus test that it is for Chicago because yes. there are there, there's an awful lot you write where it just feels I think it makes people feel good to read what you write. And, um, and, and I think then when you express something that is an opinion, at the very least, somebody has to pause and reconsider their thinking, right? Even if it's like, I completely disagree with her, which I know you get all the time, and I know you get awful, <laughs> awful threats and Poor emails. John and, and, some and, of my stuff. <laughs> I, one of them showed up on my page. I was like, yeah. oh my God, <laughs> Heidi has to read this? I was like, I, I took it down hoping like she's not going to see it, and she saw it. Yeah. It was bad. Um, but I, I think that that's like an important, such an important way to um engage the broader discussion. You know what I mean? So I think you have this way of saying, you know, like we're going to have these micro discussions, but at the end, you know, we, you know, and it sounds super trite, but we have more alike than we, than we're different. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're going to do more nodding probably here than we're going to be do, doing like, you know, oh, I can't wait to like have at her about yeah. this. And, um, and, and I think there's something brilliant about creating that dissonance with, Kindness. Mm. I don't. Th- I, th- I think that's threading a really difficult needle. For sure. I'm thinking of the lady who got interviewed by Megan Tuohy. Like, I'm sorry, I dislike that woman because of her viewpoint. She's probably a wonderful person, but yet I choose to demonize her because of something that comes out of her mouth. And I guess I'm just searching for this place in myself. Like, can I see them and not be so damn judgmental? But I also know that that's what our brain is designed to do. Well, John and I have talked about this before. I think we talked about it maybe when Alan got so much flack for sitting next, next to Bush, to Bush yeah. at yeah. the football game, right? And I mean, that you know, you also want to have a moral compass, right? And, and give yourself permission to recognize when someone's causing harm to other humans and not be down with that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right. I mean, I, you know, this attorney, is, you know, defending, you know, a, a likely a, a monster, a predator, um, and and then going on, you know, a, a podcast and and saying that women make the sorts of choices that get themselves assaulted. So, I, I mean, I certainly would not want to be this force that says like, well, we just have to keep our minds open. Or, right. I mean, I think you get to make choices about like. You know, what's mm-hmm. a way to go through the world that's appropriate and what's a way to go through the world that just causes more harm or keeps us farther from solving the problems we need to solve. Yeah. Um, but I think like in the context of Facebook, I, I usually go with engage rather than disengage. If someone's being disgusting and abusive, I don't engage. Um, but if someone's just, you know, said something that I don't agree with and I can think of a way to say like, you know, I didn't, you know, I I didn't love the part where he gave the Congressional Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh because, you know, the Tuskegee Airman was sitting next to him. And to me, blah, blah. Like, I I don't know. I don't know your friend. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that would just send him into a rage or if that would go like, well, yeah, Mm -hmm. good point. But I I, I don't know. Sometimes those discussions go to, yeah, good point. But often they don't. Um, But I just I, I I feel like we're getting worse and worse at talking to each other, 
Um, and I also feel like Facebook's not going anywhere. <laughs> so <laughs> if Facebook is the place where we now are talking to each other, I'm going to go with like, keep talking to each other. Well, and I also need to recognize my own privilege. Like I don't have to fight back because I'm usually not being discriminated against. So yeah. it's right. safe for me to be quiet because I'm in a position of power as a white straight male. So I'm, I'm really trying to look in the mirror in this exercise yeah. a little bit. Well, one of the best things that uh, language that was given to us, Rosalind Wiseman was here like a month ago, and she has this organization called Cultures of Dignity. And, you know, we love her and we, lo- we love what she teaches, but she really helps. She really helped me see the difference between respect and dignity. You know, res- and this is what her her organization is all about is we tell children all the time you have to respect adults just because they're adults. Yet children are watching what adults are doing including our government or maybe people in their own school. Um, And they're saying, I have to respect someone abusing me or treating me this way or harming the country or polluting the air or not believe in climate change. That makes no sense. And so the language that Rosalind is giving to parents, educators, and kids is you don't have to respect them, but you do have to treat everyone with dignity. Meaning like your comments before about the the lawyer, you said she's probably a wonderful person. I don't know if I could go along with that, but I could say I'm sure there are people who love her. Mm-hmm. She has a life that she has created, um, maybe a partner, maybe children, maybe just friends. And that I will, she deserves to be treated with, with dignity. dignity. But, you know, but we don't need to expand much beyond that yep. if somebody is harming right. other people it, knowingly, especially for payment. Mm-hmm. It gets so dicey yeah. then. It's like, whoa, this is the work, your work in the world. This mm. is like the energy you're giving to the world. I like that. You, you were talking about calling yourself out, Todd. Yeah. And it, as you draw that distinction, I'm thinking, I'm terrible at that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, that's something I really have to work on because like, um, when it comes to respect, um, more than half the people I talk to in any given day are under 25. Mm-hmm. And I kind of automatically default to respect for them, mm-hmm. right? Somebody older, you know what I mean? Like kind of, I don't remember who said, don't trust anybody over 30 who's probably mm-hmm. 70 now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, anybody older, and I, I almost, I'm kind of looking at them sideways sometimes, and I don't afford dignity to everybody. Oh, that's interesting. It's, so it's, you're the opposite. Uh, well, sometimes. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and Julie catches me at this sometimes because I will get home at the end of the night and I will pull up certain news channels on Twitter to look at sound bites and yell back at them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and this is my sport mm-hmm. because then I get to be self-righteous <laughs> yes. and better, right? right? You know what right. I mean? Like so so and 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 that and she consistently says, you know, why do you do that? That, you know, I don't want to hear it. It doesn't make anything better for me. And I can tell this isn't good for you. And you're not you're not really any better. You're just playing self-righteous because you disagree. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it's something I do struggle with because that is, if I'm being really transparent, that's kind of sport for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I. It's okay, boomer. I, yep, yeah, it is. It is. You know, and I and I am convinced. Like my point of view is right. Your exactly. point of view is wrong. You're a moron, mm-hmm. and I'm going to call you a moron for the next five minutes. You can't hear me. <laughs> One thing I'll let you off the hook about, though, especially, you know, therapist to therapist here is like all day long, you take the perspective of a teenager. Yeah. So you get to live in that magical mm-hmm. world of 
optimism and seeing so clearly the big picture. This is why you and I both, we all here love teens. You know, they're so expansive and they see it all so clearly. And you're in those shoes all the time and it keeps you young in the way you view the world. And so then when you get to, then when you start talking about people who are above 30 or whatever age we want to get into, they, they've constricted their lives so much where they're like, all I'm worried about is my family and my money. And again, I'm being I'm using that as an example, everybody. I'm speaking generally. But when you hear that, you're like, what about... What about the what about the world? Yeah. Right. What about the ocean? What about and this is what our children keep us continue to remind us as I'm focused on things that are very narrow, which happens to us as we get older, because we do, you know, for various reasons. But I'm so grateful to my teenagers. And you get to live through them or with them. Yeah. So I'm not surprised you come home and yell at your Twitter. Well, I'll, I'll take that, Kathy. Thank yeah. you. That helps me a lot. And, and I guess one story to the contrary, and this is a good story for you, John. My cousin, who is just not a kind human being. He trolls. He trolls. Thank you. You, you actually know him because you, John, you you don't know him, but you have commented a few times. I think I know, yes. who, I okay. think so I know who this is. Yeah. My sister engages with him, and I'm like, Shane, why are you even just whatever and then you Kathy said something like why don't why don't you or anybody else stand up to this mm. crap that he's spewing out mm. and along comes this guy yeah. John Duffy John did. and it was with dignity I think do you remember oh absolute dignity I've never seen you write something that's not di- I mean you've been maybe l- tinge of a smart ass occasionally but there is not- I, ba- I backspace a lot <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know if this story is landing with everybody else who doesn't know the details. I don't think we need to regurgitate the details, but it was... Well, it's somebody trolling about some, you know, political things, and but he's trolling specifically kind of going after your sister. Yeah. And I'm watching going, where... where and again, where, I know yeah, I can... Where are her allies? Right, yes. where are the allies? And mm-hmm. this is kind of your point, Heidi, about the moral compass is who are we? Mm-hmm. And what will we speak about? And it's been such an interesting evolution. Like I said, Todd and I have been doing this podcast so long, and I remember in the first couple of years... I was like afraid, again, this was like eight years ago, but to even talk about guns. Like I was afraid of so many things of who was going to say what. And now we just don't have that luxury anymore. Like now it's not, I don't have to go after anybody. I just can't, I can't not speak about things. Well, and this was a few years ago, but you talked about the difference between, I'm like, well, fight back, fight back. And that 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 didn't feel right Mm -hmm. to you, but stand up. And I'm like, what's the business? Four different words. You put them together in certain ways. Why is it so different? But for you... That's all the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fight, ma- fight makes me go like this. And and I don't mean that every, nobody else can use it. Right. I'm not trying but to for police you. words. But for me, stand up is nope. You know, stand up is I will speak. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks. And, and treat everyone with dignity in the process. Yeah. And they may not treat me that way. But and this gets into, sorry, I don't know if it's okay to say go ahead. that. But your article about Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you kind of already mentioned her name, but like the I'm so interested in I saw some of it on Facebook, but how in one perspective ripping something up is dignified mm-hmm. and in another perspective it's, you know, the the worst thing that's ever happened in the house, you mm-hmm. know? And and there's was there any like do you have any any other comments about like as far as what people said back to you? Because people can read your column. It, it was beautifully done. You walked a really great line. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so that the reaction to that one surprised me. I, um, 
this has been a really, really violent week in my <laughs> in my inbox. J-Lo, um, Shakira, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was the fact that they were back-to-back that people just thought, like, oh, enough of this woman. Because mm. um, it, it, got, it got real threatening and gross. Um, and I, I think maybe some of the reaction to the tearing up the speech was a, a lot of people felt like she was tearing up the... Um, memories and legacy and accomplishments of people who've served our country Mm. and whose names were mentioned Mm. during the speech. So a lot of people felt like it was really disrespectful to the names of the people and the lives of the people who the president mentioned in the speech. Um, I think that um, the, the common thread, I guess I'm seeing in the, reaction to her tearing up that speech and the halftime show the the word disgusting keeps coming up over and over and i think there are a lot of people men and women who think that women breaking the rules um even if they're not necessarily rules that are written down anywhere is disgusting Mm -hmm. it's really repulsive Repulsive, it's dangerous it's um it's a terrible, terrible path to go down. We don't have a lot of examples of um, bad women we worship or celebrate or try to emulate. Bad boys is like a thing, mm-hmm. right? There's like it's like the number three or four of them's out in the theaters right now, right? And there's like right. <laughs> like I've written about this when I've written about Serena Williams too, like the the you know the the rascals of tennis, right? Like the Andre Agassi's like there's in, in almost every endeavor, there's like some bad boy mm-hmm. that we celebrate and worship and buy his gear. And like, you know, that's a, that's a cool thing. It's like a little edgy and a little scary, but not too scary. And a bad woman is terrifying for sure. Like Glenn close boiling the bunny rabbit, terrifying. Mm. Like that's going to go south. That just hit me hard. Right. (laughs) Like I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it's like, it triggers something. A lot of people that's like, that is disgusting. It's because us guys are where it's so weird. We grew up in the society of male dominated Male dominate everything. So it's foreign to us. And this is some of my own crap. I remember saying a year ago, I don't like Nancy Pelosi. I don't like how she smiles. Like all this crap. I was very crap. upset. And then Kathy's like, well, tell me why. Tell me why. I was and like, she's challenging policy? me. And then I hide behind, I like Elizabeth Warren. So I'm, you know, so it's all okay. So I can't be part of the problem if I like Elizabeth Warren. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it. I agree with you. Even as this guy who thinks he's semi-enlightened, it's this baggage that strong women scare the crap out of men. And yes, and angry women especially, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think anger is an emotion that women are just really, really not supposed to yep. um, not only show, but not even actually admit to having. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you saw that thrown in Michelle Obama's face, no matter how how careful she was and what causes she chose to embrace like nutrition. Could it get any more vanilla? Yeah. And still she was like the enemy of the people to some folks. Um, and I, I think, an, I mean, it like for sure lost Hillary, the white yep. house, yeah, yep. deplorables line alone. I mean, you think Ugh. about the stuff that the, the labels and the names that Trump comes up with for his, 
um, enemies, even people within his own party, even war heroes. I was going to say the military. And, yeah. yeah right. And and for her to go down on deplorables, and people still throw that in. Unbelievable. Her, I mean, there's people, there's a whole deplorables Twitter. Mm. Um, anyway, I think, I think the idea of a woman being angry um, or stepping outside her, you know, her role and the rules is um, terrifying. It doesn't really line up with the data of <laughs> what the actual dangers are in our culture, right? Like we don't, I mean, most murders aren't committed by women. Most rapes aren't committed by women. Most violent crimes in general aren't committed by women. It's odd that we find them so terrifying, but right. we, we do. And we, we really pay a lot of money to see them punished on big screens and small screens. And um, it's not a friendly, it's not a friendly place for women, this world. And so John, two questions. Yeah. One is I, I'm assuming you agree. And if you do agree in the fact that the, our society, specifically men are scared of strong and or angry women, why? So I actually do agree, and I'm thinking about why. Um, it, I'm having a moment of deja vu from the last time I was here, and I'm thinking um, that somehow we men, in the wake of the Me Too movement, have this feeling that power is scarce. Mm. Somehow mm. We're, we're, there's something we're going to lose if women wake up and get that we're in charge, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or something like that. And so, you know, best that women are kept in their place somehow, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that, that's, I feel like it's all like battening down hatches. Like, you know, okay, we got the big house back from the black man, if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. you know, that now let's hold on to it, you know, because boy, that was a close call mm -hmm. and it would have been a woman otherwise. And my God, that opens a whole other floodgate, right. you know, and we just got, we just got lucky now we can hold on. You know, that's that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No doubt. And just on a parenting note, I just did a talk on Tuesday about raising confident girls. And, it, you know, really, I started the whole talk by saying they're not going to be confident all the time. Like it, the whole idea that women who, you know, many of us mothers who are struggling with our own confidence are looking at our girls saying, you need to, everything's on your shoulders. You need to uphold all these things and be all the things I'm not and stand up and speak up. And, you know, that was my first thought, but you're my first comment to them. But the second one was exactly what Heidi said, which is how uncomfortable we are with our daughters feeling anything but kindness and how overly comfortable we are with our boys being angry and violent. It's just, and so all those things you just said, you know, Heidi, about, you know, the bad boys, we're comfortable with it because that's how we raise our boys. You're just a little, like you said, you're a little edgy, you're a little angry, you're a little like attractive, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but our girls, if they're not being nice and kind and sharing and being compassionate and loving, who are they in the world? Well, what's funny is that's the only emotion us guys are allowed, are allowed to have. To feel. I right. know. And this gets a little, again, things get dicey because if I, you know, for boys, that's really all you guys have. Even yeah. if you guys get too happy, it's not cool enough. No. Whereas girls um, and women typically get the range of emotion that they mm -hmm. can feel. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see how this can, you know, if we were talking about raising boys, there's a lot to think about there. Um, it's just a very, you know, it, it's interesting. Again, we're 
I always want to remind parents about all these things we talk about on the show. This starts so young. And if we're not self-aware about our own belief system, it just conti- it just gets back into the water. We just throw it back in. Yep. And then we say, why aren't things changing? Yep. And it's because it starts here. It starts with us as parents. Like, what are we telling our kids? What are we allowing as far as strength or anger or um, standing up? Our, yeah. Yeah. One of the for I hope this is okay to tell the story. Um, I one of the first real difficult fights I had with my husband was over something that one of the kids said, and I called the kid on the thing. And um, later, Michael was like, "I just I just feel like you were angry," and I was like, "Well, yeah, I was." He's like, "I just." I, I'm just upset that you're so angry about it. I just wish that you would wait and, and talk to him about it when you're not angry. Mm. And I was like, wow, what, what's upsetting to you about me being angry? Like the thing that the kid said was, I mean, for, we would 100% agree was right to be angry over. Mm. Um, but like the fact that I let myself get angry over it was really it made him really uncomfortable yeah. and then let the child see. I mean, I, I didn't yell. I didn't hit. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't even really believe in punishment. Um, but I certainly voiced like why I didn't like that thing that was said and how I, how it made me feel. And um, just that amount of anger was like, but, but you're angry. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this so wrong? And it's like, I, I, I don't think anger is off limits. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, it's really it's it's really interesting the language we use starting from very young ages. I'm thinking of a father and son I worked with. Really, really sweet relationship between the two. The son was an athlete. Now and I'll kind of keep it at that. And um, where the language would change is in the drive on the way home, there'd be like, you know, I didn't. I just didn't see you angry out there. I didn't mm. see you fighting. I didn't mm. see you pushing. You know what I mean? Like you know. So you got to man up. Mm-hmm. You know. And this was where it manifested. But this kid totally internalized that language, right? You know what I mean? Like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is you know I'm being encouraged to do that. Yeah. Um, where I I wonder what female athletes are what 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 the message is yeah. that they're given i'm thinking of of megan rapinoe and like you know and there were moments where she displayed emotion sometimes it looked like anger sometimes it looked like anger i can think of one time at one of her own teammates yeah and there was a little bit of like hey you know that's not very sportsman like yeah, how right? many <laughs> how many times have we have we seen michael jordan get in the face of his own teammates and just scream at him. He did it all the time. Every right. football player. Absolutely. Like, Patrick yeah. Mahomes walked off before the the seconds ticked off and he was got in a guy's face and said, Wait till the game's over. Don't mm. celebrate yet. Wow. You know? Um, yeah. and you know, right. So there is this kind of like mass idea that it is okay for men to be angry and there is something odd or threatening or unusual at least about women being angry. And um I don't know the answer to that. You know, like, I don't know why that is. And, you know, another energy in that vein, because you're talking about Megan, and I picture her in my mind when you say that, is also, and I'm not saying this from a negative way, but ego, when she would run out and put her arms out. Yeah. Don't and, be big. And totally I, And where we're standing up. <laughs> like, in my house, we're like, yes, like, yeah. you're just, I'm getting tingles in my body even thinking about it, because thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, all of us just, we just... Take up space. Take up space. Yeah. We shrink so quickly, especially when we do something great. 
no, no, it wasn't me. It was the team. It was the, mm-hmm. you know, it was everybody. Um, I was actually yeah. just watching a great Parks and Rec about that the other night where she was like, no, I didn't do it myself. There was a whole team. And she's like, wait a second, I'm working on this. And I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like we need just, it's okay to take up space. And then, but she got so much crap for that. And you think about every other ball player who, you know, who's male. And that's the whole game. You go, once you get that touchdown, you dance. Mm-hmm. Right. You get, and now there's a whole team dance, you yeah. know, and which I'm fine I with. I love it. As long as yeah. that is applies to all of us. Right. 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 You know? Well, sure. And, and that's why when Kobe died, we last week or it was last week, we it played was. that thing where Shaq was crying. And I just, what I want to do in this world, because I may not be really good at commenting to my friend on Facebook who loves Trump, <laughs> is I really want to show and model men experiencing different emotions. Yeah. And I played Shaq crying, and there's nobody bigger and larger than life than Shaq, and he was a mess. And I loved it, and I feel so connected to the, him in that moment, and these boys need to hear that. Because yeah. if they don't, they're going to be painted in this man box, and it's going to come out sideways. They're going to go assault somebody when they're 18. Yeah, totally. And speaking of, I just have to, don't. I, I'm not usually the one to throw in marketing, but our conference that's coming up in two and a half weeks, yeah, give or take. we have one of the lead speakers of the country coming to talk about healthy masculinity, Tony Porter from A Call to Men. His TED Talk is called The Man Box. Like, this is what he does. And his whole focus is on decreasing violence against women. Yeah. Like, he, all the connections here. Um, and so if, if what we've been talking about here has been, like, thought-provoking, come to the conference and, and see And Rachel's Tony talk is women's empowerment yeah. and leadership. Yeah, Rachel Simmons is going to talk about where, you know, we're trying to get every side here. And... Um, middle of the day, we are talking about transgender and non-binary identity and how it's not always gender specific and having an understanding of all of these different places. So, but sweetie, anxiety is running rampant. If we only could find an expert anxiety. talking about anxiety. I know, I know, I know, I wish. I Me wish we too. had someone who would come every year and every get on that year. stage yes. and, and kill yes. every time. So yeah, John will be with us on Friday night. Are you going to hang around for Saturday? Are you kidding? All right. Yes. You didn't that year Rob Bell spoke. He's no, I know. Tight. I learned my lesson, okay? I've get, I, you've reminded me more than once. I get oh, it. Oh, you missed it, too. I know Rob I did. Rob brought it. Oh, I love Rob. <laughs> Blessings, Rob. Um, what else? What else? It's like 12. It's like I know. An we're an hour, hour and five in. Yeah, and Heidi has a Tribune thing today. I checked her email. Oh, we're safe. Her email? Yeah, she, she sent an email on what time oh, she has to bail. Oh. I was like, you're on. Oh, that's no. traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You left your phone It was upstairs. funny. There was one time, this was like a year ago, and I was getting the keys out of Kathy's purse, and I was digging through it, and my sister's like, what do you, like, she's like, it was very off-putting to see a man dig through a woman's purse. Oh, so really? anyways, that's what made me think of. I'm like, well, I'm just getting the keys. It's not that big of a deal, but anyways. Yeah. It's all based on our personal experiences. Yes, it really is. Right? <laughs> because if we've had a negative experience Don't in that way. Don't F with my purse yeah. is what she's saying. <laughs> yeah. So. Wonder any, what she keeps in her purse. Yes, right? <laughs> There's a story in there. Yes. Um, what other, is there any other closing thoughts or anything that we wanted well, to say? Well, can we let the, give them a chance to talk about, because they have the podcast on purpose, which they I do. hope everyone has subscribed to, but where they are and where people can find both of you. It's good idea. John, oh, sure. uh, ladies first. Um, go ahead. Well, so the podcast is called On Purpose, the Heidi Stevens, Dr. John Duffy 
podcast. Yes. You can find it on iTunes. Podbean. Podbean. Did we ever get on, what was the one that got Stitcher kept... was another thing, but I don't know if it's on Stitcher. iTunes, let's go with iTunes okay. and Podbean. I, yeah, those are two good ones. We're very good at administrating this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am on chicagotribune.com five days a week. I write a column Monday through Friday. Uh, I have a Facebook group called Heidi Stevens Balancing Act. I have, I'm on Twitter at Heidi Stevens. Th- is that what it is? Yeah. At yeah. Heidi Stevens 13. Uh, I think those are all my places. How hard is it uh, for you to come up with something every single day? You know, it's not that hard. Um, it's, it's hard to keep up with the dialogue around it mm. because, you know, I get a lot of email and I want to answer the email and um, I get a lot of reactions that I want to engage with. But there's pretty much always something on my mind or on people's minds that I feel like I can tap into. And then, you know, I try to like probably half the columns are um, really more like feature stories, right? Like I'm reporting and storytelling. And so there's no shortage of stories in and around. Well, knowing Heidi, an equally valid question might be, how do you limit it to one story? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. Nice. Um, what about you, Dr. Duffy? What's um, your deal? You can find me at drjohnduffy.com, and I think everything about me is on there. I'm Dr. John Duffy on Facebook and uh, at Dr. John Duffy on Twitter and Instagram. And what else do you do? Um, I'm I not going to let you off that easy. I got a book uh, called Parenting the New Teen in the Age of Anxiety. How's it going? Uh, it's going really well. Yeah. yeah. John is, um, I said when he walked in, I'm like, literally on my, my news feed, the busiest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> like everywhere, which is, com- I'm thrilled for because the opportunity, the fact that so many people get to hear you speak. It makes me really happy. I Thank agree. you. Um, I appreciate that. Both my wife and I are incredibly alarmed <laughs> and exhausted, but I'm I glad. <laughs> well, I know Julie was exhausted before this book came out, like exhausted watching you, right. so I can only imagine how she feels now. So speaking of Julie, she and I have a podcast yes. called Better, um, and we've been down in this room, um, yeah. which has been fun. And um, let's see, I think the next thing I've got coming up is next Sunday the 16th I am at Barnes and Noble um, in Old Orchard at nice. 1 p.m. Wait, when are you and in the West End of Barnes and Noble? Because that's where I grew up. I, I, saw I that think, on your I think now we have put off that um, <gasps> because we're, we're hoping we can get a celebrity there, a local celebrity to show up. <laughs> and then I'm speaking at the Zen Parenting Conference. You are. Yes. February 28th. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of, everybody, if you, because we keep getting emails about this, if you can only come Friday, like Todd and I are doing a sex talk and then um, Duffy is doing anxiety on Friday night if you can only come then there's one day tickets available now right or vice versa if you're like I can't come Friday but I can come Saturday you can just get a ticket for Saturday and this is our first year doing that High demand for that this year, so That's we're right. like, fine. Well, you and Todd doing a sex talk. That's Come on! <laughs> well, Isn't that enough of a reason? <laughs> so I'm going to be there for that. So, Kathy, I'm going to ask you to tell a quick story as we play the music. By sure. the, mu- the music I'm going to play is my favorite Bruce Springsteen song All that right. I play every single time. And I'm, I'm always shocked that nobody else loves this song as much as I do. It's, I know what it is. Of I know course what it is. you do. You know what it is. I know and what it it's, is. It's the live version um, called Trapped. What? Yeah, any idea what album it's on? Uh, actually, tra- trapped a little-known Springsteen trivia, and I know you have to go, Heidi. But this is a a, 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 a track that Springsteen's repertoire is so deep yes. that Trapped never actually made it oh, onto right. a studio album. That's oh, right. So oh this is God. something that's no only wonder. been performed live. 
It's a this great live version. Oh, so you can't find this on an album? You cannot. Uh, there, there's an album called Tracks that uh, is they just play uh, it. is takeaways from other albums. Got but, it. Yeah. So Kathy, you were at the sex. You were at the the library, talking about um, female Raising empowerment. And as far as the sex talk, how did our sex talk go at the library last month? Not great. Why not? Well, so we did one last year, and it was full, completely full. And so we did another one, and there were seven people there. What is a sex talk? It's like we talk. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi's like, maybe it was the way you marketed it and called it a sex talk. So basically, it's how to talk to kids about sex. Oh, okay. Yeah, sex and sexuality. But I think our title was wrong. Like, Heidi, you asking that question is exactly, I I think. I think we called it sex ed for the 21st century, didn't we? And we had done it before, and so we thought, let's just repeat same title. Like, we had done it at the same place. But yeah, so on, I brought up sex and sexuality really quickly at the, the talk I did this week. And, you know, that's where everybody wants to go. And I'm like, well, this is so funny because like a month ago, Todd and I did a talk and nobody came. So I thought, oh, everybody in Elmhurst knows how to talk about sex. Yes. <laughs> We're all good. We're all good. It's so, a yeah. progressive town. I know it is. So we got an hour on Friday night. I don't know how we're going to put everything either, that we man. want into that 60 minutes. Oh, by the way. Um, I told you, I said, just do Q&A. You can do whatever the hell you yeah, want. Yeah, do whatever you want, John. Because I think you got your shtick going now regarding the book. So if you want to talk for most of it and take Great. Q&A after, I kind of like bullied you last time. So I did not feel bullied. Okay. Um, so just do whatever the hell you want. Okay, thanks. Okay. See you guys next week. Well, wait a second. Thank you guys for coming. We love your podcast. We love you both. Yes. And we read everything you do, Heidi. Everything. Yes. And Thank John, you. you know we... We just, you know, yeah. we bow down. Back at you. <laughs> yes. right. Thanks for having us. Now it seems like I've been sleeping in your bed tomorrow. And it seems like you've been meaning to do. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe and review our Pop Culturing podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen Talks through the Team Zen podcast app. Zen Parenting Conference 2020 is February 28th and 29. We'll be discussing sex ed, gender, anxiety, neurodiversity, and healthy relationships. Go to zenparentingconference.com to get your tickets. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. You want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones? We can talk in person, phone, FaceTime, you choose. And don't forget about Tribe Men's Group. We have a virtual community from men all over the world. Head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. 
Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give them a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.